Important encounters are planned by the souls long before the bodies see each other. Paulo Coelho. For returning guests, welcome back. And for those who are new here, I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator with a passion for learning, understanding difficult concepts, and then breaking them down so we can all use and apply the most current research to improve our productivity and results. On today's episode 219, we'll be speaking with an award-winning business expert, international best-selling author. She's the host of the Relaunch podcast and the Relaunch on Voice America's talk show network, Hillary DeCesar, who I feel a connection to even before we've met. It will be interesting for me to see how this connection unfolds during the interview and if it becomes apparent. When I received an email introduction to Hillary's work, I noticed that she was on the TV show Secret Millionaire that I've seen, and I find that show really inspiring. I love seeing people give back after they found their way in the world, and Hillary DeCesar definitely has a purpose to help others find their way, which is what her new book and podcast are all about. I had no idea how much Hillary's work would connect with mine, with so many parallels that I hope become apparent in the interview. This is one of those interviews that I know has the ability to completely transform someone who's listening. When ignoring her intuition resulted in fearing for her life at the edge of Niagara Falls, this award-winning Silicon Valley CEO and entrepreneur, Hillary DeCesar, was shocked into realizing she needed a deep reassessment of who she was and why. The answer surfaced where she least expected, with her late mother. In relaunch, Spark Your Heart to Ignite Your Life, Hillary immerses the reader in a world of neuroscience to uncover a powerful secret that we all harbor, the HQ quotient. This is the power to leverage the three H's, the heart, the head, and the higher self. Stay tuned and learn some of the top lessons and personal stories from Hillary as well as many experts that she'll talk about. Let's meet Hillary DeCesar and see what she can share to help us all to see the silver lining of what's happening in the world today. And for anyone out there thinking of a relaunch, maybe a new career path or considering a new direction, this is her specialty. Welcome, Hillary DeCesar. It's such a pleasure to meet you. And like you've said on your podcast, Relaunch, you mentioned how lucky you feel to get to speak to such incredible people, like you had Dr. John Gray. And, you know, so just I feel that way as well as I get to interview all these people. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Andrea, are you serious? I'm so excited to be here. I think you're fantastic. And this is going to be, this is going to probably be like the highlight of everything around the book right now, which is just so incredible to be doing this with you. Well, I am so excited about this. And, and, you know, I had to do some research um, as I was thinking about the questions for you. And I know that your team sent me some amazing questions, but I had to dig a little bit deeper and you gave me, or I got sent a, a copy of your book that really helped me. It's coming out June 9th, right? So we're going to- That's right. That's right. I'm, you got the pre-release. 
yep. so excited. <laughs> so I know I'm, I'm lucky that I got to have this chance to see this, but uh, I actually found so many connections to your story, to my life. And I thought, you know, I wonder how many other people that are going to watch this are going to also feel the same way. And I just want to kind of open up with something that kind of gets to the heart of who you are, because, you know, of course I see, you know, you're, you're on secret millionaire. And so I watched that and that was like heart wrenching and it got to the heart of who you are, but can you share why someone who made their first million at the age of 32 got involved in this work with helping others to see the silver lining, um, you know, what many of us would say such difficult times. Yeah, and this is this is so perfectly like right where I am right now, even. Um relaunches, as I call them, happen throughout your life. And um, you know, there can be really positive relaunches, and then they're the really sad ones. And it seemed like up until, you know, up until really my, you know, my mid kind of teens, everything was, you know, kind of going along and things are great. And then things changed. And the few things that had happened when I was young, I had really not even thought about as, you know, oh, those aren't that significant. It's not that important, but the compound interest is right. We always talk about that in business. And finally, um, you know, after bout of cancer and after my mom passing and after my daughter being rushed to the hospital for, you know, surgery and it ended up being gallbladder surgery and they took the wrong thing out. I mean, all these different things happened. And even today, and I say this, you know, in, in such a, you know, a way to let people know that even as I sit here, my dad was just taken into hospice. I'm in his home. Um, he's sleeping. So there's nothing I would be doing right now. I've already held his hand. We've already talked. I'll be back at his side. He's probably, you know, going to be around a few more days. And this is the point. We've got relaunches. We've got people that depend on us. We've got children. We've got friends and family. And yet, we have work. We have our priorities of, you know, how do we provide for ourselves? How do we provide for our family? And one of the things that I, I talk often about is, you know, bag syndrome, you know, the bag lady syndrome and what that's all about. And that there is an innate fear for us to not be able to provide for ourselves as women, especially men have it a little bit differently, but you know, even all the way up to Oprah has the same fear and, you know, you've had major success. So when people ask me, they're like, you know, you've gone from high tech corporate world, you've launched companies, you've helped executives and entrepreneurs for over 20 years, yet you keep doing it. Like you keep, and I got to tell you, it's because I keep having more relaunches that I need to help people through. I need to give them the sense that there is that silver lining at the end. There can be. And I'm just going to, I'll let you say a few more things, but one of the most interesting concepts is I have a podcast as well, and it's called, it was called the silver lined relaunch. And now it's just the relaunch podcast, but we're talking about some of the most horrific relaunches, some of the most like life and death situation. A woman actually was zipped up in a body bag and was like, Hey, wait a second. I'm still alive. And um, there are people that have lost, you know, families, lost limbs, lost everything. Um, you know, molestations, just terrible, terrible things. And I always ask whether it's on air or off. I say, if you could go back and change what happened, would you? 
And this is the craziest thing. Out of 150, not one has said, yes, they would. Right. Oh, that gave me chills. Definitely gave me chills. It's just, you know, because we, when you can actually look at something in a different way, it changes everything. And when you can start to think about, and this is where, you know, my, my mission in life, my vision is helping people, helping, you know, these, these men and women in their mid zone, I call it the mid zone, this midlife, but really these days, midlife and relaunches, I mean, it's hitting all the way down. It's hitting high school, college, all the way up to 60s, 70s, 80s, and more. I mean, we're all going through, if not an individual relaunch of something in your prefer, you know, your professional life, your personal life. It could be in your corporate world. Relaunches are happening there. They're, you know, companies have lost their own identity. People are working, you know, hybrid and they're feeling disconnected. And then there's the global relaunch. And the global relaunches are, you know, the pandemic and war and, you know, inflation and things like that. And all of these coming together create massive stress in our lives. And that's why I keep doing this because I just, I keep finding different ways to help people have more impactful relaunches and develop their, their own resilience as they, as they go through these. Wow. And I had no idea as I was calling in that you were at your dad's house and that this was going on because I know that I I actually knew that he wasn't doing well a couple of weeks ago um, from your offices. So I'm so sorry to hear this. And it just kind of brings me back to (laughs) the lessons that you learned from your mom before Mm. she passed on. And you know, can, can I just bring that up? It was in the very beginning pages of the book and um, you had a relaunch with your family at a, a time when you were young and your mom uh, wanted to paint the house, but there wasn't enough money. So she decided she was going to paint the house herself. And I remember <laughs> like just reading the pages thinking, wow, that's incredible. And also from your point of view, what are the neighbors going to think and that whole thing? And it just took me back to when I first landed in the U.S. and the job I came to do fell through with Bob Proctor seminars uh, with September 11th. And I ended up cleaning houses and nannying. And Mm -hmm. here I was in this house that um, Bob Proctor happened to be in that day. And I was cleaning and doing windows. And it just reminded me of your mom's story because... She took pride in painting that house and Bob knew me. It wasn't like he was like, who's the help over there doing the windows? Like, you know, one line at a time, making a big mess. He knew who I was. He knew my background and he came over, he pulled up his sleeves. He didn't say a word, but he showed me how to clean the windows this way that he cleaned them a billion times, like, you know, like fancy and all the dirt went like in one place, not all over the rug. Like I was That like, is the greatest story. <laughs> so your mom took pride in the painting and I saw Bob, he got up from his business meeting to show me like, let's take pride in these windows. And I'll never forget that. I, I don't think I ever told anyone that story. It was just me and Bob on the back patio, him with his 
sleeves rolled up showing me let's do the windows this way and I'm like okay I, I didn't do it as good as as he did and no one ever hired me to do windows again but uh, the lesson learned was the pride in the cleaning there was nothing wrong with the fact that I was making money that way he was proud of the way he made his money in difficult times what did you learn from your mom with the, the house painting scenario well and first off I have to say I love the story. And this is exactly what I'm hoping people will realize because when I first came up with that story, I, um, you know, your, your publisher is like, give me, and your editors are like, give me another, another story, another story. And you're like, I don't have any more stories. <laughs> and they're like, but think there must be another story. And I'm like, well, there was this time when we were, you know, living in Bel Air and, all of a sudden we, you know, went through a major crisis, stepdad lost his job and mom had to, mom wanted to paint the house and we had not uh, like a penny. We barely had enough money to even pay the mortgage at that time. And so she did decide to, you know, take it on her own. And, you know, and it was a story that I had actually chosen to kind of forget because I was embarrassed by my own, you know, oh my God, what will my friends think? But I'm a teenager and I'm like, this is the worst. I'm coming home and oh my God, please tell me that I won't see my mom on this ladder. But you know what? She always had it all, you know, put away before I got home. And there was always this little teeny section. So imagine this, you know, five foot two woman out there on the ladder, painting it one stroke at a time, never knew how to paint, didn't have YouTube to go and try to figure it out, went to the paint store, got all this stuff. And as I started to remember, and it's ingrained in you, right? It's part of who you are. And I have always felt like, again, why did I do the podcast, you know, the silver lined relaunch? I've always felt like there are your own, everyone has a Mount Everest. Everyone has something that they're like, you know, scaling that they're trying to get up. And, and sometimes we forget about our own personal abilities and we think, oh, I've got to call this person and I got to get this person involved. And I can't do that. I've never done this. When in fact, you really do have all the resources inside. You may not know exactly how to, you know, as you said, finesse that window and clean it the right way or paint the house or do whatever you're doing. Right. But I just, I just hung up with a, a gal and she said, she had hired so many different people to do her website and it just kept being wrong. And I, I'm sure people can understand this resonates with people. It's like that, that dreaded website conversation. Right. <laughs> and I, I'm laughing as I say this, cause I'm going through that dreaded conversation right now saying, where the heck is our new website? And so anyway, she said, I finally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And she finally um, said, I just got fed up and I just said, I'm going to do the website. And she said, everyone should do a website. And I laughed and I said, interesting, you should say that almost like everyone should probably paint a house. Now we're not all going to do that and we're not going to go build a website, but there is something to understand what inner strength you actually have and to be able to look at situations in a different way. And even coming in today to have this, you know, incredible conversation with you, I've, I've had the privilege over the last 14 months to read my dad, the book, to read chapters at a time as he's, you know, been in bed and not able to move. He was a captive audience. So it was, it was good, but he, um, even as I said, you know, dad, should I cancel? Should I, he's like, are you kidding? 
go talk about the book. And so there's this smile that I have. I just got chills literally up and down my body. There is something for each and every one of us. And it doesn't have to be like, as you said, you didn't even remember this story. And I'm hoping that others will be like, wait a second, that just triggered something else. I did that. And look at the significance that it played in your life. Oh, like you said, you asked 150 people, would they have changed anything? And it sounds awful, you know, like to, to make things work for me when September 11th happened, I cleaned houses and was a nanny. And I can make that sound like so victim-y, you know, oh, poor me, I had to do this. Or it could be the most empowering time of my life, which it was. And I wouldn't have- And look at where you are now. Look at even as you're sharing the story that, you know, it didn't work out. 9-11, a global relaunch was happening. And yet you were, you know, spinning off into your own personal relaunch journey. I mean, it's so powerful, but it's how we look at things. Absolutely. And I remember when I interviewed Bob on my podcast, he referenced that time and I know he was talking about it. He said, I'm so proud of how far you've come, not far (laughs) from where I've come from. And it was, he was referencing the cleaning because that's where he started and, and what, where he ended up was miles from that. So there's just so many lessons with these stories. And I just think that your book is phenomenal. And I I think it's timely. It's Mm -hmm. at a time when we all need to think about, well, how else can I look at what's going on in the world today? Hmm. I just, I'm, I'm just, (laughs) I'm overtaken. I am very, you know, I, I know I'm here in this home, but that's just so incredible to hear the impact and and what it's set off in you and how you believe that now this is, you know, so timely. And it is, I mean, I remember, can I, I'll tell you a quick, funny that uh, about probably three years ago when I came up with the company relaunch and I remember um, sharing the name with, you know, quite a few different people and they were like, ah, I'm not sure about the name relaunch. You know, it just, it just sounds like, I don't know if I really would, you know, really understand what you're trying to do. And, and now look, right. It's like, well, I remember throwing out there and, and literally saying, I want to manifest and, and I call it a manifestation magnet. I want to like bring in, I want to, I want a magnet like that will bring in the people that I can help and support and work with. And I remember what, what would the right name be? And it's like, I want that launch pad for everybody. And I want them to be able to, you know, first you got to, you got to climb up those few stairs, right? You got to make the effort. You got to say, you know what? It's time for my relaunch now. And yeah, you got to, you got to walk those steps. You got to take that first, you know, step to say, it's my time. Like, I don't want to wait anymore. I don't want to be in a, you know, loveless marriage or a, you know, really bad relationship with myself or with peers at work or with, you know, somebody in a relationship, like I'm done. I want now to live life. We've seen how, how just it, it's, it's almost like life every day. You know, yesterday I'm sitting in Colorado thinking that I'm not going to be flying back to the Bay area for, you know, at least a couple of weeks until my dad's birthday. And then all of a sudden I get the call and not that I want people to be like, 
worried about getting the call. I want them to be present in the moment to say, how do I take the feeling of being stuck, being overwhelmed, being like in this like position where I don't have joy. I don't have the level of joy. I don't have the energy that I want. I'm in the, as you said, the victim mindset. How do I change that into a victor? And it's that one step, take that one step to get to that, to get to the platform. Once you're on the platform, Hey, then it's like, it's go time. (laughs) It's time to like launch this thing. It's time to look at your life and say, you know what? You don't just have to have like, a lot of times people think one area is like, well, you know, my, my business is really working, but my relationship, my, you know, my social life, my personal life, you know, sucks, but, but Hey, i got, my business is going. And it's like, you know what, when did you stop actually believing in yourself that you can have each and every area. And I'm, I'm a big proponent. And I talk about in the book that there's a lot of gurus out there that are like, love your life, love your job, love your relationships, love, 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 love. And I love love, but I know from my past experiences that it was really, really tough when I was in self-sabotage mode, when I was in hating myself mode, when I was getting a divorce and I was like down and out, when companies that, you know, I thought were going to be unicorns ended up, you know, crashing and burning. It's, it's those times where it's really tough to go from that place to loving anything. And so I often say, you gotta, you know, start with, start with just where you are and go to like, go to like first, then we can move to love. And it does happen. Well, I know that as we're talking and getting to know you, I can see the spirit of you. And we interviewed on episode 214, just a a couple back, this woman named Dr. Marie Gervais, and she had a book, it was called The Spirit of Work, and it was all about bringing the spirit into work to make an impact on the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's, it's similar to what you're doing with your 3HQ method, although I don't know the whole thing, but I you know, got an idea from your book, but it wasn't long after researching you that I could get to your spirit. It was fast. Mm -hmm. And it was like within that secret millionaire clip, probably when in the very beginning, when you had to leave your beautiful home and things Mm -hmm. behind and then go to this place in Long Beach that, you know, I, I saw many houses like that, but if to sleep in it, that's a different story. I would have been Cloroxing all night and I don't know. No, which, which I did, which I did. <laughs> yes. Well, they definitely tried to break you on the show. <laughs> I was freaking out watching you. So I could see the spirit of you and the not wanting to give up because there was so much more and it was five days. Imagine those people that live there all the time. Mm. And five days was killing me just to think, you know, how's she going to sleep for five days? What's she really going to do? And, you know, so looking back, what was that experience like? Was there anything now that you learned and gained from that, that the show didn't cover? Mm, so yes, it was, um, it was a really interesting experience because it was during the time when shark tank was just starting, it was becoming really big and Mark Cuban was going to be on the episode. And so I was being asked to be on that show and I was being asked to be on secret millionaire. And I was trying to weigh the, you know, each opportunity. And I thought, you know, to be able, I take the name secret millionaire out. Cause that's not what it's about. It's about highlighting people that are, 
doing the most incredible things, but they're not getting that notoriety. They're not getting the spotlight on them. And what it does is it allows for the person who's being highlighted, me in this case, to be able to give my own personal money. It was not the TV show or the um, network. It was me giving them the money so that I could highlight them. And I decided to go that route versus the other. And what I really noticed and what really came to be, and 3HQ, as you mentioned, if you think about the 60s, 70s, or 80s, IQ was the big thing. It was all about intelligence. It was all about like, you know, how smart are you, problem solving. Then in the 90s, it became about EQ, emotional quotient. How empathetic are you? How are you? And are you touching on your own emotions? Are you touching on others? And they've been in these silos for years. And what I have done over the last 20 years is I've really incorporated in not just IQ, EQ, but I coined the term 3HQ, which is head, heart, higher self. Get out of your head, into your heart, so you can tap into your higher self, your best self. And when you think about that show and you think about heart-based and you think about like, wow, there's more you don't just make money. And I had always been a check writer, like, Oh, you know, let me just give you a, you know, for this, for this cause, for that cause. Oh, sure. I'll. And I felt good about myself, but when I had to get out there and I had to live the life I was undercover and I had to work at these places, it gave me a new perspective on actually being with people and not being outside looking and saying, Oh yeah, here you go. Here's the check. And so when you were talking about, you know, the other episode and, What's happened when you know you're bringing out these these incredible people on your show? I want to I want to mention that when you look at an entrepreneur, you look at a corporation. There is a a, a head to a corporation. There's an identity. There's um, the beliefs that the company has. There are the limiting beliefs that the people have within the company. That's all part of the head. That's all get out of your head. And there's ways to do it. And I think we're going to talk about it in a sec. But then the heart is all about that emotional side. And if you look at what is the most important to employees right now, it is communication. Number one on the list. And when you think about the communication and the empathy of what people are going through, and you think about the fear, uncertainty, and doubt, that's all the heart. How's your company? How are you as a person putting that out there? And then when you think about higher self, the business, your business as an entrepreneur has a best version of itself. It has an energy to it. And are you in victim mode, which is low energy? Are people that work for you feeling like, you know, when's, you know, what, what's going to be, you know, the next thing that comes up, what problem, what, you know, how are you facing it and bad management, bad leadership, you know, even how you treat yourself directly impacts that energy. So when you think of 3HQ, it's an individual 3HQ lifestyle that I'm encouraging. But once you've mastered this to bring it into your business, which is a direct reflection of you, that's when you can truly have a lifestyle of success. And so were, were you thinking of all these things when you were back on that show? Were you thinking of of these 
<laughs> I love that. Oh, Andrew, that's so perfect. No, I was thinking about the rats that were going to eat away at everything if I didn't put it, which one day you have an allotted amount of money and they gave me, you know, a certain, I had to live um, basically right at minimum wage or a little below just to kind of get my head in, you know, they wanted to make sure I was living that lifestyle. And I had the ability to go to a grocery store or a store and buy food. But I also had the ability, if I wanted to, I could eat fast food. And so I had gone to In-N-Out Burger, which is like, it was just something that, could, that would allow me to feel like I was kind of back at home. And I had, um, I had, uh, I had all of the little condiments. So the ketchup, those little teeny plastic things, I left those out. And in the morning, the um, rats had gone all over the countertops, had left all their you know, poop and had opened up all of the ketchup and it was all over. And I just remember thinking like, I think it was the like second day. And I was just like, what, what, what is this? Why am I here? And then I went outside and there was this little boy riding his um, bike. He had just gotten a brand new bike and they'd just taken uh, the wheels off, the training wheels. And I sat down on the, the stairs and his you know, mom and I, in the, in the book, I talk, or maybe I don't, I talk about um, that around the corner, somebody had just been killed the, the week before I got there and shot. And so I was sitting there and I'm watching this kid go in a, 10 by 10 area with this little bike trying to make the turn. So he didn't, you know, slam into the fence. And we just started talking and hearing him just, you know, talk about, you know, how amazing his mom is and yeah, she's inside and we're going to go do this today. And I'm like, you know, people are people wherever you are. And for one person, that 10 by 10 concrete with the fenced in yard with nothing else, was, you know, it was his nirvana that day. He was so excited to be on there. And for another, it's something else. But what it really woke me up to was the heart-based. We're so in our heads all the time. We're so like, just, you know, overthinking, overthinking everything and not leaning into how does the heart really matter? And it is, it, you know, you talk about self-love and self-reflection. It is so important, more important than, you know, anything else that you can practice. It's getting from that, you know, self-sabotage to liking yourself, to loving yourself. And it does open up. It opens up, you know, the gates, it opens up so many different possibilities and it literally opens up your ability to manifest what you ultimately are going for. Here's the thing. Most people don't know what they're going for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about this and it's like, but if you don't have that sense of gaining clarity in your head, if you don't have the ability of the awareness, then, then how do you expect to move past where you are? You can't. Right. And as you were talking about that, your experience from leaving your beautiful home to going to this one with the, the rats, it made me remember when I would go into the schools. Some schools are beautiful and they have like everything. They have like shiny pencil sharpeners. And then there was this one school that was like this fence and you walk in it, there's weeds. And I'm like, where's the front door? Is there anyone here? And I walk in and the feeling of this school that's run down is nothing but love. 
And that's the one that I chose to spend all my time with. I'm like, I want to go and spend my time with the kids here. And they were yeah. loving and doesn't, it doesn't matter where they come from, which is the heart of this. Which is the heart. You know, you've got to be able to see the heart in amongst the rat poop. But there. you know, you're finding, you're finding that people, entrepreneurs, corporations are trying desperately to get to the heart. They're trying, but they don't know how it seems to elude them. And they're, you know, we, we talk often and you hear it a lot about, you know, the belief systems and you've got limiting beliefs, empowering beliefs, but what if you notice that you've got a limiting belief, then what? Like, what do you do about it? Like, fine, Hillary, that's great that you're, you know, talking about this, but how do you really impact and increase yourself and your confidence, right? Your, your competence breeds confidence. And if you're able to do these things, and I've always been a big believer in, I like to share, I mean, whether it's like, you know, Hey, I love this new pair of tennis shoes or whether it's new, you know, uh, you know, blush or whether it's, you know, a hair product or clothing or something that's amazing in the kitchen. I love to share. I love to share anything that I'm like, you know, loving these days. And this is something that I also have incorporated into the book with, they said, well, you know, you didn't, you don't really have to give everything. You don't have to like put it all out there. I'm like, yeah, I do. I do because I want people to be able to start taking themselves through the processes to get to a three HQ lifestyle. Cause then I know once they do that, things change and not just in the area that they're focusing on. They might be like, I really want to focus in on revenue and scaling my business. And it's like, great. But then what happens is that other areas of their life, they start to notice change. They start to notice like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Why is this? And then they call. And a lot of times it's like, you know, Hillary, it's like magic. It's like, you know, you're the genie in the bottle. And I'm like, no, the greatest part is that you I'm handing you the wand so that you can use the wand anytime you want, because you've got it. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about your um, limiting beliefs. And so I think about me back in 2001, when I was cleaning houses, it was really tough to change the beliefs and see how to get yourself back on track that you're an expert of. And you've seen people switch all the time and even watching that those people going into like with homeless people and offering mm. them some hope, um, some caring and some love. Most people would think, well, why bother and waste your time? But where do we even start? I, I know what I had to do to get rid of the unlimiting beliefs that I had. We all have them. They show up that, um, you know, what's on the inside shows on the outside. I stood in front of a room of like a hundred people and they told me what they thought my limiting beliefs were, and they were right on the mark. You know, you <laughs> mentioned them in your book. I, I don't feel like I belong was my biggest one coming mm. from Canada to the U.S. I didn't feel like I belonged and not good enough. And, you know, surely that took a long time. Now I don't feel that way, but it took a long time. What is your strategy to help someone with limiting beliefs get past it? Well, and it's interesting because you are, you know, a researcher and you, you have so much knowledge in terms of the neurospace. And what I think the misnomer out there is, is that 
we can just change our thoughts and everything's going to be great. And I'm going to start to focus on, all right, well, if I'm not, as you said, not, you know, I don't belong. Oh, I belong. I belong. I belong. And unfortunately, willpower is not going to get you there. And that's kind of where a lot of the strategies fall flat. What I came up with is I came up with a word called bugs and it's beliefs underground surfacing bugs and where our bugs are, are where we aren't, where we thought we would be at this time. So maybe it's in your relationship, what's going on there. Maybe it's that you don't have that, you know, successful office, or you don't have that, you know, C-suite job, or you don't have, you know, right now the funds, the finances to pay for things that you've always thought that, you know, I should be able to do should, should, should any of those usually can help you identify what your bugs are. And once you start to identify, like I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm not experienced enough. When you can start to really look at these, you know, I'm really not lovable. Look, I've had a bad marriage. I got divorced. I've never been able to keep a man. I've never been able to keep a woman, all these different things. You know, I'm always in debt. These are your limiting beliefs. These are your bugs. So once you identify that you have bugs, it's like, you know, great. This is not something negative. It's like, oh my God, Hillary, look at all the bugs I have. Look at all these things. No, it's time to be like, great. You have just officially gotten yourself, which I call hell in the hallway. Hell in the hallway is when you keep pushing away your bugs. You keep putting behind doors, but guess what happens? as bugs do. They go underneath the door. They go through the keyhole. They find their way out and into the hall. And so it might be a small leak initially, like the small little, you know, one or two, but then it could be like you leave something out on the kitchen table. And in the morning, it's just a massive, like, it's almost like you've got these lines of, you know, ants that are all over the place. And so once you figure out that, yeah, I have them, then you're like, okay, you're one, one step closer to your own success, which is so great. And then I have a process called the belief blasters. And that actually is outlined in the book. And I walk you through it and I like to do it super simple. And, you know, I'm, I'm all about like, make it simple so that people can actually do it. And it's something that I have been doing. I've been doing it in relationships with people, like, you know, finding love, finding love again after divorce, um, getting yourself and your business to six figures, seven figure, eight figure. We even had somebody just recently sell their business for 250 million. This stuff works. It works no matter what. It's once you free that space up, once you get rid of the bug, you put in, instead of a limiting belief, you put in an empowering one then it just, it, it opens yourself up to your own version of success. What do you really want? Like, don't, don't hold back. There's no reason to hold back. If somebody else is accomplished, if somebody else has this, if somebody else is doing this in the world, then the universe doesn't know the difference between them and you. You're holding yourself back with your limiting belief. And let's change that. So how would you identify those unlimiting beliefs. Like I remember when I had people tell me it was like, oh, that feels right. It took some time to take it in. I didn't, I, I wasn't walking around going, I don't belong here. You know, obviously. Yeah, no. Okay. So the way I always say is I am again, simple, right? You know, we always hear kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I'm like, keep it simple, superstar. 
you're the superstar, you're the supernova, you're going to be able to figure this out. This is something that you can start working on literally the second we are done with this conversation. And the way you do it is you start to look at, okay, throughout your day, throughout your day, what's coming up for you? Like, what is that feeling that's going on when you do enter a room and there's a group of women and you're going to a networking event and you're kind of like, huh, I have a little bit of like this uncomfortableness, like what's happening and just identifying it, noticing it. And, and I call it like realizing that, Hey, something is just not in alignment. Something's just not like, it's not all working smoothly. Okay. And you write it down. And you write these things down through the day and all of a sudden you go back and you're like, huh, this happened. And I was aware that I didn't really feel like great when I got on the zoom call and there were, you know, 10 people. And I, I don't know why I didn't really like, you know, put myself out there or I don't know why I went on this date with this guy. And I really, you know, I just, I didn't really feel like, you know, I was supposed to be there or I'm in, you know, a um, meeting and I, I, you know, put something out there and I'm like, God, was that, you know, did I say that right? And you start to doubt and you start to look at things in your life and where you are. And when you notice that I'm not where I thought I would be at this point in my life, think about that. I'm not where I thought I would be at this point in my life, in my relationships, in my, and it's relationship with myself, relationship with, you know, other people at work, relationship with your, you know, significant or lack of, gee, how many times have I heard this one? You know, a, a woman in her thirties or forties or even fifties comes to me and she's like, gosh, I have this amazing business, but you know, I never thought I would still be single or I never thought I would be divorced and single for seven years. That was me. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing. We all have these things. It's, it's just allowing yourself to notice, huh, that's an interesting thought that's passing through and just documenting it. And then you can start to, the way I like to pick out, there's always, and I, I talk about it, a dear friend who is, who is in the relaunch program. Uh, we have a, we have a program to get you through and to elevate your business and get to where you ultimately want to take your business. And she said, Hillary, I finally have identified my queen bee that, you know, that, that massive bug. And I'm like, right on girl, this is going to change your life. And she did. She took it through our belief blaster and it has impacted. And she was on a path with one company that she thought for sure that this was, you know, going to be, and she's been super successful. And then she couldn't figure out why this last company was just failing, failing, failing. And she ended up switching completely, starting a new business. And now the growth is not just like 10%. We're talking like 50, 100%. The growth is there. Why? Because she has eliminated this neuro pathway, this limiting belief that she had her queen bee was that, you know what? I'm not good enough to have a business like this. I, you know, came out of corporate. I have an MBA, but I can't do a entrepreneur type of, and why was that? It ends up being like, you know, dad was not supportive. Never thought that entrepreneurship was going to, I mean, all these different things that surfaced. And once she was able to eliminate, it's just like, it was 
it was this beautiful manifestation magnet that started to happen. And she, we just talked the other day and she's like, I'm even getting revenue on place from places that I never imagined. And that's exponentially growing. So, and, and people come to me that have, you know, they're, they're stuck at 250,000. They're stuck at a million. They're stuck. They're just like, I can't get to the next level. And as the person did with you, it's one thing to let you know, well, yeah, you know, what's holding you back. This is what, and you know, they, they name one of the, you know, hundreds of limiting beliefs, but they all come down to one of three. It's the need to be loved. The need to feel like you're worthy and, you know, good enough, as you said, and the need to be safe. And I want you to be thinking about what I just said in today's world as an individual, our safety and security has been rocked with the, you know, am I going to get sick? Is, am I going to lose another person? Is, you know, what's happening? The world is feeling very unsafe. Then there's this, you know, need to be loved. And we've all been like cooped up. So we are human beings having, you know, human being experiences. And we're not even able to have those. We're not able to have the physical touch. We've had to put, you know, masks on. We're not hugging. We're not, we're not being together. We finally just had after two years, the relaunch retreat getting together all these women. And you would have thought it was like, you know, carnival season. It was like, everyone was going crazy because it was so much fun just being back together. But again, if you look at that, it's our safety love. And then am I good enough? Am I good enough? I'm not even going into the office. I'm trying to get my business going. I'm, you know, trying to whatever it is with your relationship. I can't get out there. I'm single online dating. And so every area of the core three of the limiting beliefs that everything feeds into, it's like tentacles. We're all being relaunched in such a significant way. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show, globally, business-wise, personally, and without a framework like 3HQ, with and part of the framework 3HQ, the head is all about bugs. It's all about the belief blaster. That's the whole like main component and identity. That's all part of the head. But I've mentioned that it's you and your business. Your business has an identity. Your business has a brand. Your business has an energy. You know, it's just, and it has a, uh, it has an emotion to it. It has your values. And when you're off center, then it, it, it moves over into every one of the areas of 3HQ. Gosh, this is really powerful, Hillary, and, and so important right now. So I want to ask you a question about something that you said about being invisible to be visible if you're going to have success in your personal and professional life. Can you explain that? Because it's beyond what I can imagine. Mm, so I think the easiest way to explain it is we live in a world that every place, everything we are around is telling us to be visible. Get out there, post social media, you know, how's it going to go viral? You know, get out there, get out there, get out there. And for too many of us, myself included, we push ourselves to get out there 
and be visible without actually going to be invisible first. And this really is where the heart of 3HQ comes from, right? It's that heart center. It's that why it's that self-love. It's about identifying, you know, kind of where, if you didn't have that limiting belief, if you didn't have what's holding you back in your personal and professional life, imagine where you'd be. I mean, really think about that. And so I always say, it's like, after you've been, after you've dated somebody and it was a bad ending, you know, you got to give yourself time to become untoxic or not toxic, right? You got to give yourself that space before you get right back out there. One of the biggest mistakes is, you know, to just not assess what happened, not really look at it, not give yourself the time to kind of heal, right? Your heart is like, you know, a bone. It's like, you know, you got to heal your heart, heal your bones, heal. You got to give the cell yourself time. And so when I think about now, um, these days and having to go out there and be visible on the spot and have not really assessed your own relaunches right now, where you are in each of the different, you know, personal and all those different, you know, quadrants, the, you know, relationships and your, and your, yourself and how you are, you know, from the, the traumas that have happened. And by the way, the last few years has caused some people to wake up and realize like, wait a second, you know, this has, this has tapped into something that I wasn't even like, I, what great resignation, right? 50% is just moving on. They're like, wait, I got to do something. What's my purpose. There's something that I call the why wizard and, and, you know, getting to the baseline of, you know, why that big, massive question, why, you know, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why does this matter? And when you use the why wizard on yourself, it's like, yikes, put that genie back in the bottle. Um, but what I want to really preface here is that when you can accept that there isn't a rush, rush is a figment of your imagination because time is also in that same realm where you can determine like who says that, you know, being over 50, you can't do some of the greatest things that you've ever done. Who says that, you know, your mid zone, your midlife cannot be the best years of your life. Who said it? Nobody, nobody. And it might be your parents. It might be, you know, you might've heard it, but nobody that ultimately makes the difference for you, except they are holding you back because of their stories inside your subconscious. And that's where your bugs are stored. So when I say, you know, nobody, it's like the only thing that really matters is what do you think? And if you're living somebody else's bug, if you're just taking on those bugs because they're hereditary bugs, imagine being the exterminator, being the ghostbuster of your own belief system and what that would actually do for you. So go and, and really dig deep into the 3HQ so that you can be invisible. And it's not that this has to take very long. It doesn't. But when you do this work, then you can be visible and have it really be an impactful, like, wow, you never imagined how impactful this can be. And that ties into 
really what I call the G zone, the genius zone, your grateful zone, your great zone, and last but not least, the gratitude zone. And gratitude is something that for me with the show is writing a check, right? That's what I did before. But what I learned is that was, that was visible. That was visible. Here's the check. Hey, good luck. Yeah. Keep me on the list. Send me that um, newsletter. Great. See you next year when you reach out again. But instead the invisible is that giving of yourself, giving more of yourself, not just not just a check, but like going out and how does a smile affect somebody else? How does a, a comment, that's where it hits somebody else invisibly. And then that's when you start the chain of, of reflection, the chain of like gratitude. And it's so incredible. And it's like a snowball. It's just, it builds and builds and builds. And it just becomes this, like you, you almost, you know, it's like a drug for you. You have to like, the more you give, the more you think about the gratitude, the more that it just, you start to get more and then your, your three HQ kicks in yet again. And you can then think about it as, you know, it's constantly like an affinity. It's like an eight, it's an ever loop. It just goes throughout all three areas. And then the end, you brought in the intuition to it, which it was something we were never taught. And it was something that I remember cleaning some lady's house and she had this power of intuition book on her shelf. And I pulled it off. I'm like, what is this intuition? How can I use it to help me to get to where I want to go? Because no one was teaching us this. And so I was glad that you brought it in because, uh, you know, it wasn't often talked about in business, use your intuition with business decisions. So how do you bring in intuition? into? No. And it's funny if you did say, well, I just had this, you know, kind of my intuition, they'd be like, what? you know, here's the door lady, get out of here. Cause you know, you're, you're way too woo. And the way I say it now is, you know, who knew woo could be so good for you? Cause that's the thing. Intuition is part of you. It's part of like what you have. It's harnessing it. It's growing it. It's developing it. And it is the greatest tool in your tool belt. It will help you with your sales. It will help you with building your business. It will help you with your relationships. The problem is, is that when we, and, and I go back to the three HQ, because when you think about intuition and you're thinking about it from a head perspective, it's that knowing when you think of it and intuition in the three HQ with your heart, it's about the feeling that emotion. And when you think of it with the higher self, with your best self, it's a sense and for, you know, so many, it's like, well, I just have this gut feel. I just have this, you know, I just know I just had this, you know, sense. Well, what if we actually have the ability to have all three going and we're tapping into it and just like a muscle, just like you wouldn't go out and put your running shoes on and go try to do, you know, 10 miles. We need to start with, Hey, let's just go, you know, a mile today. Let's just, just start. Let's just, lace up our shoe and let's walk. We haven't even been running. We haven't running yet. Let's just walk a mile. And so it's just like that. It's it's. And if you have a heightened level of intuition right now, how great let's further advance it. Let's get you into the marathons. Let's get you into, you know, being an iron woman. Let's get you into being an iron man. Let's get you to that next level. And I think that there is this, this concept that for many people, when they 
have an intuitive hit, sometimes they're like, mm, I hear it, but I'm not listening to it. I hear it. Yeah. Mm-mm. And what is happening in that situation where you're like, mm, yeah, I had that kind of intuitive hit, but I didn't listen to it. Usually what's happened is in the past, you had an intuitive hit and it didn't happen for you. It didn't really work out. So you've chosen to think that doesn't work for me. But in reality, it's not that it didn't work out for you. It's that you interpreted the situation. And that's where I go back to the silver line relaunch, right? In the moment, you're like, oh, worst thing ever. I'm never going to get through this. Um, You know, my life is over. And then all of a sudden you do and you're like, wow, it's just so incredible now what I learned and what I experienced. Intuition's the same. Intuition is something that you can build up. And as you continue to build the muscle, that's when you're really tapping into that manifestation magnet and the ability to pull in more of what you want. This is not, um, I mean, there's scientific, you know, <laughs> research and you know this better than anyone being you know a researcher and with the book i everything i put in i had to document i had to do research i had to figure it out and you know even to the point of like law of attraction like i was asked by my uh, editors like well who started that where did that come from like how do you know it's true how do i mean all of these things yeah you know the power of intention well how do you know there's a power of intention i mean it was just so good for me to have to defend my stance and say you know for those that aren't harnessing the universal laws the you know the power of your own intuition i would ask you why are you why Are you using like techniques in your business that are knowledge that are learned, but yet there are things that are naturally gifted to you. It's like, if you were an amazing, all of a sudden you picked up a ball and you were playing tennis and you're like, oh my God, I'm really good at it. I'm really good at this sport. And then you're like, I'm never going to play again. I was really good, but I don't want to touch that sport again. It's like harness it. So the power of the pause in your intuition is kind of that first step. You just have to like, wait a second, is there something? And maybe you're like, is there something, right? And so you always, you say pause first and it's a five step. It's super, super awesome. And it's literally like, you can do this again, starting right after we get off. But it's like, first step is just pausing. Just like, and it can even be when you're like using the restroom, you're just pausing and you take those few breaths. And why are you doing that? You're getting more oxygen in, you're just you're pausing yourself. You're focused on that inside. I always think about light coming in the darkness of like whatever you're dealing with, all the different problems coming out as this dark, you know, just in out. And then you ask that like question that's like nagging at you. What is it? If you had the answer, what would that like, what would it mean to you? So you ask that one question, you don't ask like, Hey, and what about this? And what about that? And there's all these different things. Cause then you get into that state of confusion again. You just like start simple, start simple with asking like one question. Hey, you know, is there an area that right now I should really be focused on in my business to increase revenue? And then here's the other thing. Again, you've heard me say this, you need to wait and hear hear what's coming back and then listen to it, right? So many times it's like hearing it, whoop, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I once thought about that project. I thought about doing that, but I didn't do anything. And then the last step is taking action. And it doesn't mean you have to go like, you know, power through the whole plan. It's just one thing to acknowledge that you're on the way. I'll give you a great example. I was um, uh, over the last week, lots of things are racing through my mind as I'm putting out the book. And there is a concept that I am going to be putting out to market and it's in that higher self area. And it just was like, boom, somebody said something, it triggered something in me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I sat quietly, I paused and I'm like, all right, I, I, you know, took my deep breaths. I then asked the question, like, you know, what should I do like to really start this journey for this? And I sat there and it's like too many times we're like, is this, you know, am I really hearing it right? Don't overthink it. What came to you? It's not like it has to be something that, you know, takes 30 minutes of meditation. It doesn't. Did something come to you? Just again, we're building this muscle up. And then once I got that, like, boom, and it hit me hard, I then literally got up and I called this one person that I absolutely know has the, you know, means to get me into this other. And that's what I mean by action. It's like, you got to start. You can't just be like, oh, let me put that on my pad and let me get back to that later. You want to be saying to your intuition, yep, I heard it. I'm moving on it. It doesn't matter if it's huge, small, whatever. You just have to let your intuition because then it starts to build, right? It builds on each experience. Got it. Well, I can't miss, but bringing up the fact that John Asraf did your forward and he's the king of relaunch. Uh, I, I met him years ago when he was doing this cloning for business success event. And he ended up coaching me personally to help me do my relaunch when the school said, you've got to go towards the direction of neuroscience. And mm. I thought, well, who's going to help me? And so John helped me. And then that's how I met Mark Waldman. So how did you meet John? Did you know him already or did he just randomly say, I'm going to write your forward for you? No, I have, I have been blessed to know him for now, probably about, oh gosh, 10 to 15 years. And it really happened. It was very um, circuitous, but it's such a great story. It could have been in the book. In fact, um, maybe it'll be in the next one. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Anyway, where this came is I was um, in a very down and out moment in my life. I had just gone down to see my mom in Orange County and I had just uh, really, I think it had just really hit me that I was getting a divorce and I had these three little kids, something significant happened at work. And I was just like feeling deflated. I was like, this, everything is just like, there's, I was like reaching to try to even think like, what is good in my life? And my mom, I was visiting her and I was, I remember I was in her, she had one other room and it was a twin bed and I'm in this little teeny bed. She comes in and she says, okay, Hillary, let's, you know, come on down. Let's have a glass of wine. Let's sit and talk. And I said, I don't want to. And I always love the time of just talking to my mom in the evenings. And, and she said, okay, I am going to give you something and I want you to read it. And when you're done, let's have a conversation. And I'm like, the last thing I want to do is read a book. So she comes in and she drops on the bottom or the back, you know, the end of the bed, the book, the secret. Mm -hmm. And I read it in one 
sitting and in the book, it talks about, you know, all these different people and how they were able to manifest things and law of attraction. And so I said, after I was done reading the book, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this thing called the law of attraction. And the person who really stood out to me in the book was John Asraf because of his story about he was, you know, in just a down and out way. And he changed his whole life around by, you know, working with this gentleman and all this. And I like, I want to meet that guy. And then I thought to myself, in addition, I don't just want to meet that guy. I want to work with him. And oh, by the way, I don't just want to work with him. I want to be one of his coaches that coaches his top entrepreneur CEOs. So six weeks later, I am at an event and I look across the room and there's John. And for me, it was like, I mean, my chin opened up. Like I was like, are you kidding me? I felt like John was my best friend. And I literally walked up to him as if we had known each other forever. And I'm like, okay, crazy. It worked. I can't even believe. And he's looking at me like, I don't know this woman. And she's acting like she knows me really well. He's trying to be respectful. And it was just one of those times we became super good friends. We, um, I, he lives down in um, Southern California and I go down there once a year to this place called La Jolla. I've done it since I was five and we ended up meeting and he ended up being my coach. And then I was invited in to coach on exactly what I had said and what I had done, which I forgot to tell you, I had, when I said I wanted to coach his top coaches. I took it one step further and I actually just very briefly on an outline, put down what I would actually coach those people on. And when it happened, I was like, oh, you know, and it didn't happen like, you know, six weeks it happened, you know, a few years later, but it was just the most incredible. And I'm like, you know what? There has to be a way to turn the spigot on to make this now happen so that people can see. And I was a corporate girl, Oracle, 10 years, hardcore boys, you know, club, Silicon Valley CEO. I mean, I was all that. And I was not using what was naturally available to me. And now I'm like, I feel like I'm screaming at the top of mountaintops, like, hey, here's what you need to do. And here's how you do it. Here's how you actually manifest. Here's how you become that manifestation magnet. Well, I love how you've got the heart and then we get out of our head and then we get to our higher self. I think it's a really powerful formula. And so is there anything that I've missed? I just kind of feel like I've summed up what you've said. We get to our higher self through getting to our heart and out of our head, how else, how would you say, what would you like to leave people with, with the launch of your book coming up June 9th? You know, I think that the title of the book, Relaunch, Ignite Your Heart. I'm sorry. It's, I'm like, that didn't sound right. I'm looking through. I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. It's spark your heart to ignite your life. And so here's the thing that I wanted to leave you with. Not that I can't remember the title, (laughs) that's not it. But what I wanna leave everybody out there with is that a lot of times we've been dormant. We've like, our, our spark has just burned out, it's fizzled and we don't know how to get it going again. And if you think about a spark, it doesn't have to be this like major, like massive fire. It can be just 
a minute of like that, that initial, that initial spark. And so what I would ask everyone to think about is that in that heart to the head, to the higher self, are you holding yourself back in your head? Are you not allowing yourself to really tap into those emotions that, that like heart center, are you kind of like sabotaging yourself to such a degree that you can't get to the next place? And then what's your energy like at your higher self, your energy should be like as, as high up as possible, like joy, happiness. And how often are you spending at those levels, increasing that, bringing more of that into your life so that you can experience that ability to ignite your life. I love it. And it just makes me remember one of the last things Bob Proctor said to me in my interview with him was you'll never go wrong when you listen to what's in your heart. <laughs> I love that. Right. Very true. It's exactly so what true. we've done here. So Hillary, I want to thank you so much for meeting with me today on the cusp of your book launch coming out June 9th. I was very much impacted by your work, um, looking at what you've done with Secret Millionaire and then taking that heart and putting it into a formula to help people relaunch their lives. And I can just feel the heart and spirit of your work. And I know you're going to continue to help others reach new heights, just like we've had others reach in and help us to get to where we are. We always need to relaunch our lives. So I'll put all the links to um, your launch that you're going to do in the show notes and people can join this launch that's that you can actually follow you're going to do a zoom event is that is that right? I, yeah and probably the easiest way is to grab your phone and text to 55444 simple as that just text 55444 and in the body of the text message put relaunch and we will send you links. We'll send you everything to get involved in our launch parties and free workshops on the 3HQ. It's going to be um, really an incredible next you know, 30 days and continuing on because this is going to be something that we're going to be doing a lot of. Well, thank you for helping us to all find the silver lining. Thank you. Uh, thank you again, Andrea. Really appreciate it. So my final thoughts to wrap up this interview with Hillary DeCesar on her new book relaunch. If you're in a place where you think you could be more for you, whether in your personal or professional life, I think the strategies that Hillary outlines in her book could be a really good starting point. I do hope that you'll join her launch and grab her book. In part one of her book, On the Heart, you'll see the story of Hillary's mom painting the house, showing us all how to move from the heart to the soul and examine our work to see if we take pride in what we're doing. In part two, we move to our head and look at the relaunched lip where we go from being a victim with our story to a victor. And then we eliminate those bugs or those automatic limiting negative thoughts that we have. We'll see how using all the H's, our heart, head, and higher self are all connected and open up to pathways that will connect us to others and new life experiences. Without a balance within all these three H's, it's really difficult for us to reach our highest potential. In part three, we look at our higher self and then we learn how to use our intuition to find answers from within so that we can really trust the decisions that we make. 
I thought of all the many times that I've had to reinvent myself, and I was lucky because I was able to do so quickly as I had access to so many programs through the motivational speaking industry that I worked for for so many years. And Hillary's book covers everything I've ever seen. She goes from John Asraf to Rob Proctor's work to Carol Dweck on mindset and even Dr. Daniel Amen. Her book covers it all. I'll close with a quote from John Asraf, who helped me many years ago to relaunch when I needed to move in the direction of neuroscience. He says, if you're not in touch with who you really are and know there is way more you can do and achieve, Hillary DeCesar shows you how to put yourself on the path to not just manifestation, but transformation starting from the inside out. Read the book, apply its lessons, and watch your life soar to heights you've only dreamed about. John Asraf. I'd love to know if Hillary's stories resonate with you like they did with me. We all have the ability to relaunch and come out stronger on the other side. I'll see you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.